Pedersen, oh, it's 1-0 Blues! What a header that is! Christian Pedersen with a bullet header! It's then floated towards the back post, Jukovic in there, Jukovic! Oh, what a header! This man is on red-hot form at St Andrews at the moment. And it goes again towards the towering Zigic. Oh, confusion at Martin! And surely scored the winning goal for Birmingham City! Hello and welcome to the Blues Top Podcast with Dale Moon and myself, Callum Denning. This week it's a slightly unique one as changes to the club operational structure encouraging staff to work from home mean that this podcast has been recorded over Skype. You might notice that, so I'll tell you now. And with training suspended for players amid the COVID-19 outbreak, we're joined by goalkeeper Lee Camp to explain how the Blues squad are keeping active away from the training ground. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. So, um, yeah, this is weird. All of us on Skype, uh, no face-to-face contact. We're all in quarantine. Uh, how are we all? Good, good. Thanks, Cal. Campy, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, gentlemen. Very good. I'm not in quarantine. I'm just <laughs> laying low, as yeah. we're told to, Cal. Don't Socially distancing. Yeah, let's not put anything out there like I've contracted a virus or anything like that. <laughs> No fake news on this podcast. Don't you worry. <laughs> Don't you worry. Campy, what actually is um, what actually is the instruction then? Because obviously we can from it from our point of view as stats, but from a playing point of view, when did it all sort of start kicking off a little bit? Uh, I suppose it all really started last Friday, where we had a meeting about what was happening with the weekend fixtures, and then obviously the postponement through to April. Um. And and I'll sort of take as a probably well playing staff, shall we say, like the training ground was we continue as as normal. So we was into train uh, for a couple of days, and then after the government uh, announcements on Monday and on Tuesday, it's it changed then um, with the social distancing. So I think the club took the step that if we can keep each keep everybody apart for a period of time, that's probably the the best way to do it. And then, uh, as it stands, we're we're due to report back to training um, Monday. Um, so we haven't got any programs as yet or anything like that. I know there's stuff with other football clubs are doing stuff, but we're very much in. I would imagine sort of like uh, just letting it play out, sort of stage before there's any major decisions made from from the club in terms of shutting us down for a period of time, if that's. The next step it comes from the government so we're sort of just playing it by ear i suppose at the minute have you um have you spoke to lads at other clubs camp here you know this is this pretty much like a football wide approach is everyone all players pretty much at home because i see other football clubs have sort of updated their supporters with players at home keeping fit in the house that sort of thing so it seems like there's a bit of a united front when it comes to all clubs and this this sort of approach yeah, I think I think some clubs have obviously acted act, act differently because of their their personal situation. I mean, if you look at Arsenal, obviously they they all had to shut down fourteen days because of the situation with the manager. <clears throat> I think Leicester might be different, and, and other clubs that have had cases or symptoms or whatever it's been. But as a football club whole, we've been pretty lucky in terms of that. To my knowledge, no one's got any symptoms. 
no one's been off ill. So I think um, it, it's all been different. But I haven't spoken to a few people. I know some people shut down straight away. They was they were finished for two weeks. As of Friday, the clubs took measures and and just went bang. Um, but I think with with the idea that they can be recalled to training at any point. Um, obviously, we took the measures we took, and I think it's been I think it's been very different different places because of of everyone's personal circumstances. I think everyone was like last weekend. Everyone was all very not quite sure what was happening. How bad is it? How serious is it? What's going to happen? There's there's so much surmising going on. I think people have just reacted and done what they feel is best for their for their situations. And uh, I know there's players who have been in. Some have been shut down straight away. Some were shut down for three or four days and were back in as of Tuesday. So it's, it's been a bit of a mixed bag overall. But I think since the start of the week, everyone's got a bit more of a clear idea of what's happening and possibly where things are going to move to in the next couple of weeks in terms of the social distancing and and these apparent lockdowns that we're going to have. I think we kind of we're coming to a period now where things are becoming a bit clearer. Mm. Um. <clears throat> Now, just to bring us up to speed with the latest developments in terms of EFL. Mm-hmm. So they've issued a statement today as we're recording this. Um, I'm just going to read this out. Following further discussion between the football authorities after their respective meetings this week, the EFL will be joining the FA, the Premier League and the PFA in making a joint statement to confirm that all domestic and European league and cup matches are be- to be postponed until no earlier and the 30th of April. So that initial um, sort of blanket ban on football until the first weekend of April has now been put back to the end of the month. So uh, it's almost another month on top of that, which is the latest update. So mm-hmm. clearly that's still concerned that obviously large crowds and football still would be jeopardised given given the circumstances and the, trying to contain the virus. Yeah, absolutely. And the FA also um, on that statement announcing that the season will be extended indefinitely. So no idea yet as and when that might finish. Of course, <clears throat> sorry, meant to be concluding the season with Derby at home. That'll be our next fixture now based on that. But of course, health is the priority here. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just been trying to be sensible. And I know schools are now the latest ones. Obviously, Boris Johnson's daily updates help just to... So it just seems to be like an ever-changing scenario. So every day, there's obviously an update and school's obviously closing us up next week. Um, so that's the, the next big step, really. But um, from a footballing point of view, it can be in terms of fitness-wise and health-wise, are you just a case of isolating yourself from everyone and just trying to stay as on the move as you can in the house? Have you got any foam rollers, skipping ropes and Jeremy Bayer having a little skip? Yeah, I've got a skipping rope, but I won't be filming myself, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I, th- I think, obviously, if that statement comes comes to fruition, then obviously the 30th of April, it, I suppose it makes common sense, because if the government guidelines are saying if you do have any sort of symptoms, you've got to go into self-isolation for 14 days, anybody in your family, for example, you know, there's a good chance that there are going to be people within football players who have already had it, but in the near coming future that are probably are going to get symptoms or people are around you are going to get symptoms. So the, the chances of starting back again on the third was all, the third or the fourth, the weekend of that, that date was always going to be probably unlikely. So I think common sense is probably prevailing there and give yourself more breathing space and allow things to 
to um, play out and hopefully more people <clears throat> stay well than they do unwell. Um, but it's going to be a long period for us to to self-isolate and not be able to use gyms and things. So in terms of fitness, it's going to be it's going to be a test. It's going to, players are going to have to be really disciplined and really strict and get into some sort of routine and try and get as much gym equipment and, and things you can in your house and in your garage and stay on top of it as best you can. But the reality is fitness levels are bound to drop and you're going to lose a little bit of sharpness because you're not on the pitch training. That's that's the uh, the reality of it. Up and down the stairs? Mm. No, not with Miley. <laughs> Make the most of your surroundings. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I if they put you in a lockdown, I don't know what that what's that, what's that going to consist of. Are you still able to go out for a run? You know, if you can go out for a run, I suppose that will help. That will be a big thing. If players can get out and get out in the countryside or go for a run wherever they live, that will that will probably help them. But I think it's just a case of waiting to see what happens and what measures the government take. I mean. It, everyone's in the same boat no one really knows we've never been here before have we so I suppose you can only listen to the experts and and use their knowledge and I suppose they're educated guessing in so many senses and, and, and be guided by them yeah I think there's um it seems to be an appetite to finish this season doesn't there when you listen to all the noises coming out of the FA the EFL the Premier League I know a lot of I think it has to finish doesn't it I think for the integrity of of the of the competitions, it has to finish. I mean, it's if it gets delayed six weeks, then we we play through to when it's when it when it can be done. It's um, I think has to, you you can't then you can't start crowning people champions and relegating people and avoid you know non avoiding leagues. It's it will take away all the like I say the integrity of it. So I think I think we've got to finish it at some point and somehow, haven't we? Yeah, I think that's the the whole decision to take um, to postpone the European Championships a year. Really, is just freed that whole space up so you can start eating into the end of May, June, July if necessary. So that tournament then makes sure that domestic leagues get finished. And I can see a scenario, and it's pure guesswork from my point of view, where you do eat into your summer a little bit. There's a slightly shorter break between this season and next, and you may start a season in say September time. Um, but it's like I say, like everyone's sort of going off crumbs of information and it's ever changing landscape at the minute. I don't know what your thoughts are, Carl. No, I completely agree. Um, I think, you know, as we said earlier, the ultimate priority here is, you know, looking after those around us because we've got the integrity of the competitions that have to be upheld. But I think priority is to look after public health, isn't it? Yeah. I just, it, what saddens me is that I see your, like, <laughs> And the sort of whole approach has changed a little bit. I think no one really, because we've never uh, experienced anything like this before. I think to start with, everyone was thinking, you know, the memes were coming out, and there was sort mm -hmm. of there was sort of a light-hearted take on the whole thing. But then obviously the situation worsened, and I think the seriousness has now finally hit everyone. So. Um, yeah, like you say, it's just a case of making sure everyone's fit and healthy. And I think those most vulnerable, you know, with all due respect to you boys, are trained athletes and touch wood, none of you do contract the virus, but you should be in a fit and healthy state, no underlying health issues, that you should be able to fight the virus. But the elderly, those that do have chronic illnesses, they're the ones that you're sort of thinking of. And I think from a spectator point of view, 
that's why football might have to wait. Camby, what was your thoughts um, when the idea of being played behind closed doors was ringing around? Do you think when we do step back into the league, it'll start off that way? Yeah, I think it probably will. I think it, I think I think they'll have to. I think because um, it's almost like going from naught to zero, isn't it? You go, you know, no gas, uh, no public gatherings or mass gatherings or however they describe it to then maybe putting twenty five thousand people in St Andrews. It's a it's an extreme. So I think like you touched on there, the most important thing is is that the season gets finished with some so the integrity is held up, but ultimately that it is people's health and well being. That's the most important thing. And obviously, like you said, there's an there's a a vast majority of the public that should be okay if you contract this, but it's the ones that obviously that do have the underlying health issues, the people that, that are struggling, the ones that, um, you know, are perhaps on their own or elderly and things like that, that, that get taken care of and that they're, they're foremost in everyone's thinking and then the sport and everything can resume as and when it needs to resume. It's, um, you know, there's other things bigger than, than football and, and other sports, but to answer your question, yeah, I think that'll be the way it goes would be that, Finishing it behind closed doors probably looks like the way it will go. Sport, in pure sport, in selfish point of view, it's a bit weird. I mean, weekends, Saturday afternoons at three o'clock, nothing's happened, and then you're looking on various sports channels, and there's no new sport, and everything seems to be archived footage. I know at the football club, we're looking at ways we can start putting content out, um, scratching around for archives. I think everyone's just trying to make of it the best they can, but. Um, it's just a bizarre situation where everything's on hold. Entertainment business, obviously, we've seen music like Glastonbury being cancelled for this year. All sporting events. Um, I know you two love your wrestling, but did I see a clip of that being played behind closed doors? Yeah, completely behind closed doors. What do you mean played? Well, yeah, odd turn of phrase. That's the right term. Yeah. Yeah, this is a real. This is a real entity. <laughs> Don't start on sticky ground now. We, we <laughs> you played behind closed doors. We can do another twenty minutes on this. So we spent the first twenty minutes of the last one of you two harping on about wrestling, but yeah, just could uh, do more. Just very bizarre. I just find it, um, yeah, difficult to um, difficult to know what to do. Really, obviously, yeah, working working from home at the minute, and um, yeah, I mean, it's different from players' point of view because you obviously need to think of physical. Fitness as well. Do you think if we do get the go-ahead to get up and running again, it will have a big impact on momentum, on the outcome of the season? Because obviously teams will be injured players are given time to recover now. So squads should theoretically be healthier, but then you've lost that sharpness. So I'd imagine Sean Rush might have a couple of beastie sessions ready for you to go. But I'm looking a bit further down the tracks now when hopefully, touch wood, we do resume the football season. It's almost like starting a mini season all over again with what ten games to play. Yeah, momentum will will be none of that will will matter because you everything that you've you picked up and you've gained you've you'd have lost. Everyone will be starting probably from the same sort of position. Um, I mean, I'm, I would imagine that at some point when they have an idea that that's when it's going to resume, you're probably going to need. 10 days, two weeks to get back into it. If we're not allowed back in the sort of facilities before that, 
I'm sure, as I said before, that will play out as it plays out. But yeah, the momentum and, and the way things are, <clears throat> you know, going into the final nine games, you sort of know whereabouts you are in the league. You kind of know what you're playing for, if you're playing for something. It's like the final push. So that, that to be stopped. If you're Leeds and West Brom now, Forest, them sort of teams that are in, in them positions where they'd be looking to kick on and try and cement that top two or cement themselves in the playoffs, their worry is going to be if they come back and they lose the first couple of games, where does that leave them? Then you have question marks. So physically, there's going to be a big difference. Mentally in the players, mentally in, in the setup of the squad, it's going to be different because it's, you are all starting pretty much from afresh. Like you said, it's almost like a mini league over nine games to see what happens. Although, obviously, we know what's happened before. But, and, and the teams in the bottom, there was teams starting to pick up a little bit, bit of momentum, getting a few wins, pulling themselves away from danger or pulling themselves within touching distance of getting out of danger. How are they going to feel? You know, if they come back and lose the first two games, they're going to feel hard done by that they've lost that momentum and players have perhaps lost that little bit of sharpness or if a striker's in a good vein of form and he feels sharp and he's hitting the net and he hasn't played for two two months or however long it'll be, it is. It's like coming back from pre-season and, and, and picking up and trying to start again. So I think all that momentum, all the form, everything all goes out the window. It's almost like nine-game shootout and see what happens. Yeah, Cal, how long do you reckon the knock-on effect of this little episode or big episode could be? Well, I think certainly we'll feel it through to the end of next season, won't we? Um, of course, the gap between the end of this mini-season, like Campy was just saying there, and the start of next season, I'd imagine is going to be narrower than usual. Um, of course, there's only so many months in a year to then try and get a new season up and running. So I think, yeah, the knock-on effects will certainly be felt into next season. Then we head into Euro 2021. Um, who knows, really? Of course, these are unprecedented times. Um, and it does, like Campy touched on there, raise questions about these relegation and promotion battles. Uh, the league could be turned upside down here. Yeah, and I'm thinking even further ahead, isn't the 2022 World Cup a winter World Cup as well? It is, yeah. So scheduling's going to be all over the place for this. Yeah, it's a little bit mad. Um, from a training grounds point of view, I was just thinking there about how early the measures are being put in place. I know the club issued a statement. Um, when the decision for the players to stop training was made. But I know from our experience of coming down to the training ground for some weeks now, it's been a case of having your temperature taken at main reception, um, only obviously very necessary uh, guests in, that um, can sign in, uh, making sure that hand sanitizers everywhere. And I think washing every your hands as well on the way in. And on the way in, making sure that you wash your hands, hand sanitise and temperature takes. I think every precaution has been made. I'm sure that it will be a situation that's reflected across all the different football clubs in just doing their bit just to try and limit the spread of it at the moment. But unfortunately, it means that the football season for the average punters on on hold and you can you can see it. I mean, from the only sort of light-hearted take in this whole conversation is um, it's testing some creativity in terms of what the football clubs are having to put out at the minute because we're seeing all sorts of different content across Twitter and Instagram. And, and why am I keep seeing people juggling toilet rolls? Is that the latest thing now? The stay at home challenge. Is that one for you, Campy? Keep you up here with toilet roll? I won't be doing that either. <laughs> and if I get nominated, <laughs> under no uncertain terms, I'll be told to do one. <laughs> 
<laughs> I see. I was expecting that to be all over our Twitter by the end of the week, so that's a bit disappointing. I thought they was in high demand. Well, that's why they're all being used for keepy uppies. Go on, Campy. Tell them. <laughs> well, I sometimes don't think people help themselves. Yeah. I just think, you know... Anyway, so, I'm not getting into a rant about it. <laughs> on the soapbox. So we've got the Toilet Roll Challenge, and we've got the Quarantine FIFA Tournament uh, in a match that's being dubbed Al Campico, I saw on Twitter, uh, Sunderland versus Blues. That's coming up as well this weekend. Yeah. Oh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is what I mean. So I think clubs are trying to be as creative as they can in terms of still putting out content. Um but at the end of the day, there's only so much archive and classic games that we can try and show. So, But wouldn't it be good just to have a break from it all? And then when football comes back around, people uh, will be hungry for it. You know what's just... really... I had, a, I had a fantastic conversation with... Um, he's, a, he's a war veteran, a 95-year-old football supporter, and uh, he's a local neighbour. And I went just to see he's OK to start and see if he needed anything bought in, that sort of thing, just to give him my number, let him know that if he does need anything, we can pop out and get it in. And he was saying, during the, the Second World War, this is sound like Uncle Albert here, but... A little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, they, they banned football. So apparently they stopped football with the outbreak of the war, but everyone was clamouring for their football fix and kicking off. So they were made to bring it back under certain circumstances. So that's why it's since the first world war that this is a, this has happened it's unprecedented since all the way back at the great war rather than the second world war so it seems nothing will stop us from getting our football fixed it seems yeah but you're going back to you go back to 1939 where there wasn't so much content out there that people could get it mm. do you know what i mean it's it's like there's so much stuff out there mm. you can watch you can find you shouldn't be clamouring for it, should you really? Yeah. You know, let's touch on the wrestling, for example. <laughs> they've they've, they've cancelled WrestleMania and they're going to do it behind, well, you know, no fans or whatever at the performance centre. Well, there's no point getting emotional about it. If you want to watch wrestling, then you've got a whole network which has got, cow, how many hours of wrestling is on there? Uh, more than you can count, Campy. Yeah, more that you could probably start watching it now and then by the time all this has finally passed in life because back to normal you'd probably still be watching the network so you know there's there's plenty of stuff out there it's uh we are we are slightly more advanced in the world than 1939 i'd like to think <laughs> although you your next door neighbor has got a very valid point yeah. um so it can be just to round off in the next few days is it like i say just waiting for more updates and in your mind it's back in on monday yeah yeah, pretty much. That's a, that's exactly it. It's just um, be prepared to to be to to ready to train on Monday. Simple as that. That's as as little as much information we've got. And in the meantime, um, obviously look after ourselves and our loved ones. It's as that was the message we got. And then <clears throat> we'll find out if anything changes in the next coming days with with what happens with the government. So. How hopefully we can get a camera down there and uh, try and get some footage from a distance of yeah fingers crossed yeah of the lads back in action but all being well we can um, start to get some normality back in all of our lives anyway. All right, Campy, no. the stage is yours. Yeah, I'm stepping away from this one. You two can have a let's little... get into it. No, wrestling no, no, behind closed doors. To call it. You're um, you're a closet wrestling fan. <laughs> <laughs> so Legion of Doom 1990, out, so... wasn't it? Your Skype name. Just be uh, um, just be real about it. 
No, I went to watch um, WWF, as it was then called, way back when I was a kid. And um, I still have the program, actually, whether it was the NEC or whatever arena it was at the time. So, yeah, I have went and watched, have been and watched live wrestling once in my life. But, yeah, I just grew out of it, lads, I'll be honest. Can I throw you under the bus here, Dale? I mean, we were in the office last Friday before working from home, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, I did hear you listening to um, the Nation of Domination theme song, I believe it was. <laughs> I, I think you were in the office with me and you searched it and played it, so I don't know where... I think I was prompted to do so. Right, okay, then the truth is unraveling itself. So, yeah, no, it's um, yeah, a bit of a very long time ago. I might have been a half a fan, but you two take it to another level. Is it true you still have posters no, no. of Farouk and The Rock on your wall? Or? Uh, nah, I think my, my brother... Did he have some, like, The Rock pyjamas? He might have had The Rock pyjamas. I think a friend of ours had 316 blanket and curtains. <laughs> yeah. See, I never went to any of that extreme. And I don't think you could put me in the extreme of Cal, because Cal, your knowledge is pretty good in terms of up-to-date stuff, aren't you? Well, well, You've got your well, finger well, on the pulse when it comes to it. What about Hadley? Tom's up there. Yeah, Tom's. See, you and Tom, modern day stuff, probably going back, what, 12 years or so? 13 years. You two are, yeah, give are pretty take. hot on it. Like You are like, you ask you a question and it's answer after answer. After answer. So I'm, I'm a broadcast of, journalist, Campy. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You are. I can't, uh, I can't fault you for that. But if you want to talk in the 80s, 90s, I'm, then, I'm kind of your guy, but after I don't know. 2005. Uh, I'm not very good, to be honest. Well, you're getting up to date with the modern products, obviously, with uh, the two-day WrestleMania coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's only because you told me. I'm just so. making sure that everyone's up to date. You know, it's a big occasion coming up, uh, a world first, unprecedented, which is a word that's being used a lot at the moment. It's just, it's a public service, really. You are. You like Dave Meltzer. Well, you I mean, like I won't go that far. Dave Meltzer. So You're giving six, eight, ten, twelve stars now. Nine and a half stars to this podcast. Um, Dale, what match are you looking forward to at WrestleMania? I literally don't. I could not tell you what matchup there is at WrestleMania. I don't think I could name you a wrestler still out there now. Oh, you definitely could. There's a few still hanging around from your day. Yeah, no. I, my The glory days from my point of view were Shawn Michaels' days where he was operating as a legend. and Legion of Doom's even a bit before then, a nation of domination. Um, but yeah, I'd say Undertaker, Kane, rivalry. See, Undertaker, he's got a match at WrestleMania. Yeah, it's not the same, though. He's an old man. Well, well, there is that. Yeah, Mankind getting pins in the back of his back. Oh, yeah. Wow. that one. So you're like late 90s, aren't you? Yeah, I'm probably... You're sort like... of early attitude era. Yeah, yeah. There's like three generations of wrestling there because I'm sort of early nineties. Your late nineties, then, and then Cal, you're sort of. When was you born, Cal? January nineteen ninety seven. So start of the Attitude Era. Yeah, so sort of coming out of the Attitude Era, early two thousand. Well, what was you about two thousand and five when you clicked onto it? About two thousand three. I was quite early. Uh, I mean, I was stuck it in by Rikishi. So <laughs> yeah, so there you go. You got three generations here. It's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll let you, you two, clearly, are still involved. I, 
I really could not add anything to this conversation whatsoever. I'm quite happy listening to the two of you. You're a liar. I'm quite happily listening. You're desperate to get involved in this conversation. You just don't want people to know that I you're a closet add... wrestling fan. No, I can't That's add... all it is. I can't add anything now. <laughs> don't you have a Rey Mysterio mask, Dale? I don't know who that is. Oh, come on. Come on, let's not pretend. don't know who that is, mate. So, so you're telling me, Dale, that you wouldn't sit there with the games, like, I don't know, how many years are we talking? Not too long ago. Video games on the go, WWE, SmackDown. Yeah, I had SmackDown, yeah. Yeah, I did have SmackDown. You do the, uh, what What would flash up when you press R1, L1 with the signature move in certain situations? You know, like, if you were playing The Rock and you were against Stone Cold and he was in the middle of the canvas on the floor and then when you obviously walked by his head, it'd flash up that you could do the people's elbow. So you, I forgot what it's called. It's like a signature move. Sort yeah, of. the finisher. Yeah, but... As I say, I'll grow out of it pretty quickly. <laughs> I'm not having it. Dale, I'm just not having this, mate. Listen. I, you just keep, you just keep remembering yourself while I've grown out of it. Come on, mate. You're layering the cake thicker and thicker every time you speak. No, no. I, 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 like I say, I can't tell you any of the more modern-day stuff. And yeah, my wrestling interest came to an end probably when the millennium did. Listen, I think this is what the podcast is going to be during this kind of lockdown period. It's just going to have to be a wrestling update. You three could, on a serious note, whether we use this or not, you three could have, with your mixed knowledge, the three of you could launch a wrestling podcast. Listen, I mean, discussions have been held. Mate, I was going to do a podcast going back to like 2013, but I just never got the chance, just never got the time and found somebody to do it with because I can't do all the computer stuff. Yeah, that's where Cal steps Yeah, that, that, that's my expertise. I had ideas before all these podcasts like started and I missed the boat massively. And now every Tom, Dick and Callum's got a podcast, haven't they? So, <laughs> well, uh, listen, we've got we've got the technical uh, know-how. Just need to find a way of putting it out. And finding someone that'll be willing to listen to it. Oh, there's thousands of those, Dale. Don't you worry. Listen, mate, you know that I bring ratings. You told me that before. Most downloads of the, on the podcast. That's why it brought me back for a second time. So. You know, I don't know the numbers. How see that side of things? Uh, I can confirm. Most downloads on Spotify was uh, was our Lee Camp in the middle of, a, of our goal edition last April. So you know so what? The numbers of, are there. What campy? I think from a supporter's point of view, you don't get to know yet. You're a bit of an enigma. They can't work you out. The hair. <laughs> The hair, the time wasting, the antics. I think they think you're. I think there's got there's a bit of psycho in there, and they're not too. And it's quite unraveling. It's quite revealing for them to click on that podcast just to hear, just to see the truth. Twenty minutes they'll, of wrestling. They'll never know. Yeah, yeah. Because see, I reckon you're a warmer guy than you let on. Well, hmm. Maybe somewhere. No, I agree with you. There is. I just don't. I just don't really want to be standing in front of a camera and being asked questions, you know what I mean? I just think there's other people that are better to, to do it and um, are more interesting. Well, actually, you you are quite good in that I, I don't remember an instance where I've asked you to do press and you said no. You have always helped us out, so we are grateful. No, no, I always do my bit. It's, um, no, I'm, ju- I'm just jesting with you. I'm not like that. It's just... Um, Sometimes you you can get burnt, and I think sometimes it's better not to say anything. And yeah. um, I'm just a bit old school with 
with things like that. Because uh, a lot of it goes back to when I was at Forest, when I was playing there, Billy Davis would always, um, I'd always be up to do the press because he trusted me to say the right thing at the right time and all that. And it just gets a bit, a bit tedious. And then, you know, you can't end up repeating yourself and having to say the same thing and you can't, you have, to, you have to tell a line, don't you? And I think people respect that. I think the fans respect that. And I think sometimes when you're always doing it, you're always doing it. From from a player's point of view, it's it's it's, an, it's a, you have to do it. It's no problem. Don't mind doing it, but you kind of get bored of doing it. And I think people get bored of hearing you. So I think sometimes when you you step in and say stuff and step out, I think it keeps it fresher and a bit more interesting. And again, it goes back to, I think there's so much content and I know you guys have a difficult job because you're always um, feeding the Twitter and, and all these sort of things. But <clears throat> if it's the same people, you always want fresh content, don't you? So, and I think there's some interesting characters in our change room that are worth listening to more than me. I think that's the joy of the podcast though, isn't it? It's just unfiltered. You can say what you want. Uh, it's just kind of an informal chat. Yeah, this platform's a lot better to do that. Even, say, with Jake Clark Silver, is quite a reserved lad. And, and Campy, you might have a different, obviously, insight being in the dressing room with him. But from our point of view, very focused, like, laser-like focus, very ambitious young lad, quite quite quiet to that outward world. But when we get him on the podcast, they're the sorts of environments that could suit someone like that who they're not talking just about the last resort where we've lost a game or won a game or previewing what's coming up, but you can just amble into sort of areas where you get to know the person rather than just see him for 90 minutes on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, a comfortable environment. I think it's an environment that you can be yourself in a bit more and you can say a little bit more, I think, because there's, there's nothing worse having been beat might have had a bad game yourself, might be a referee's decision, you could be a bit emotional, heat of the moment. You, you know, then you, within 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you're having to do the press and you're trying to say the right thing. And, and sometimes you, you don't quite know what to say because you haven't processed it in your mind. You haven't seen something back. You've not got someone's perspective on something. You haven't heard what he said about that, why that decision. Do you know what I mean? So you, you're going into it a little bit blind in some, in some sense that you start to give which you can only do because you can only react to what you know at the time. But I think when you come in this podcast, like, so if you ask me about maybe my opinion on a game or a decision is perhaps different now than perhaps what it was at the time because you're more educated on what's gone on. So I think after games, I think it's that's why players are very conscious to be very conscious to be uh, to toe the line because they haven't really got all the answers and there's so many different things that have gone on, the adrenaline still pumping, etc. So I think in these in, in this environment, it makes it makes um, for a more comfortable environment where people can be themselves and express their opinion a bit more and probably give more views on things. Where coming from a place of a bit more education, if that makes sense. Yeah, I enjoy doing them. We just, it's just a. Just trying to unearth the story, really, and the stuff that people don't know about our players. Because, like you say, there's some good lads in there. I think that's our job to try to shine mm. a light on them a bit more. Get that little peer behind the curtain. Have you had uh, Christian on the? Uh... Yeah, that was wow. um, that was very out there. <laughs> Christian is one of the funniest guys I've <laughs> ever come across, without even being funny. Yeah. I think I still have quotes from that podcast occasionally pop into my head, just completely out of context. <laughs> 
what I love, he must be listening to like R and B or grime music or something, right? Because he comes, he comes in the change room in like he's English with a bit of a Danish accent, broken. He's like obviously it's not his native tongue, and he'll come in and he'll say, "What are you saying, fam? You want some smoke or something?" <laughs> and you're like, "What are you talking about?" And he's just. He just puts these words into sentences that you think that should never belong there, but it makes per- if you if you understand what it means, it makes perfect sense. But it, it just doesn't seem right coming from a six foot two Danish left back. Does that make sense? It's just yeah. it's just weird. Yeah. I he puts smoked into everything. I don't know. <laughs> it's like when British people, you know, when they refer to being drunk, oh, I was car parked, or I was trolled, or whatever else. It, whatever. We- oh, I was out last night. I was so chaired. You know, you mean he was obviously <laughs> drunk. He puts that. It's the same for him. He just puts smoke or smoked into every sentence or everything, and it makes perfect sense. I don't know how, and I don't know why, but he's a pioneer of the English language. I think is the only conclusion we can come to. He constantly tickles me all the time. He just looks at me and he'll say something, and it's like a laugh a minute. I don't know. He's just out there. Well, I think we have the conversation um, as to where where his sporting background came from. And he, um, we had the revelation that his mum was a cage fighter, was it, Dale, initially? Yeah. I don't know how much truth there is in it. Because you have to take whatever he says with a pinch of salt. Well, yeah, he's a Danish... He told us that he was a Danish table tennis champion. <laughs> and he got a massive trophy at home. So... But I can buy that, actually. But I could buy him being a cage fighter. Yeah, I could. Because... I could. He could probably say it to you so innocently as, and you'd be like, oh, what are you on about? And he'd be offended that like, you don't believe him. He'd be like a little puppy with his little puppy dog eyes. Like, oh, you don't believe me? Why, why do you think I'm a liar? Yeah. I don't doubt anything that ever comes out of his mouth. Kieran Mirabti got hold of the word mucker. That's all I hear. Oh, yeah. Hey, mucker. That's all I hear. Say, hey, mucker. What about mucker? He's, uh... No, we've got a good group of lads. Got a good group of lads that... Um... They're the glue, really. They're the glue of the, Campy, of the changing room. Your career at the clubs you've been at. Who's the Christian Pedersons of the world that you've encountered? <laughs> oh wow, where do I start? What I've other Christians across... are, are out there? Who's <sighs> out there? Uh, Wait, Stephen you know I mean? Bywater. Right. I had, I had a year at Derby with Stephen Bywater. Uh, although I went out alone a little bit, so I wasn't with him for an entire year, but. The time I spent, it felt like a year. Um, <laughs> an amazing guy, great human being, just not from this planet. Just <laughs> not from this planet. Keepers. Just the sto- stories that you can't even put out on this platform yeah. of Stephen Bywaters are just personal stories that will go to the grave with me. They are just incredible. He, what a guy. He, he'd be, he'd probably top Christian, I think. Really, I think he'd top Christian for wackiness. Um, but I, I think Christian's a one-off. I really do. I think in terms of like the way he is, he's just. You not think? Do you think football needs him though, Campy? Yes. So you hear about these characters going back years and years of of all the things and the ribs in the changing rooms and what people used to get up to and and things like that. And I think I probably came into the game as that was sort of dying out because sort of my age when I left school was when apprenticeships started to change, when the whole academy system come in and you weren't really cleaning boots and um, you weren't doing the old-fashioned jobs that they used to do, you know, like all the kit and things like that. 
things had changed, or it was starting to change, I should say, like the jobs that the apprentices had to do were being filtered out, where now they obviously basically don't do anything. We were sort of maybe like semi-retirement at the time. We still had jobs to do, but we didn't have to do them all kind of thing. And I think that was where a lot of the characters were built was in them youth teams and in having to do them jobs and having to do some pretty awful jobs, really, like as a 15, uh, 15 16, 17 year old, them sort of jobs you had to do and getting battered for it and all the and all the, the initiations and all that that used to go on. I think that was probably the breeding ground for where you either, you know, you sank or you, or you swam and um, characters come out of that. And I think because that's now gone, you, you do have a different type of apprentice and that coming through where they don't have that hardship as much or they don't have them initiations and things like that that form your character. So I sort of missed them. And then like a lot of the older pros um, when I was coming in were, they they were probably sort of a generation behind the ones that had finished. So I never really got to see all that. So be, there's not the, the characters in the game. You do come across them, but I don't think there is there as many as they used to be. Um, but yeah, Christian's a one-off. He is special. Yeah, everyone tells me guards has calmed down. I think back in the day when he was still playing, he was an absolute yeah maniac to. To, um... Well, there was a great story last year. I don't know if, if this can go out, but when we played Swansea away last year, we, we went down on the Monday and we played on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night, went down on the Tuesday. Anyway, it was down the night before for a, midweek, for, for a night game. So in the morning, we do like a, an activation session so everyone's out of the beds, have the breakfast, get together, loosen up and whatever. So we ended up in the pool. So we're all in the pool for the... Well, we're around the pool waiting to start and uh, we're staying at the Marriott. So it wasn't a big pool. It was just a your typical hotel pool with like one attendant who must who basically ran the gym, looked after the pool, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, he started talking to guards and he had like a brummy accent and he said, oh, I'm from Solihull. So guards was like, oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, well. What are you a blues fan or something? He went, No, I'm a Villa fan. Oh no. Oh, no. Right? So Garns picked him, right, and hurled him in the pool. And this guy ended up diving like he's just thrown him in the pool in his work gear and a lot. So we're like, oh so we're all looking around. We're, we're on the other side of the pool at this point, not really paying much attention. You just see this bloke hurling through like the air into the pool. You're thinking, what's going on here? Garns is laughing. <laughs> Gary's obviously laughing his head off because he obviously knows what his brother's like. Half of, half the lads are like, "What's just happened?" Half are laughing. This poor geezer's got his tracky bottoms on, his t-shirt, his trainers, the full shebang. He's scrambling for his life to get out of the pool. It's like it's like it's someone out of a Carry On movie. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so we're like, "Come on, what are you doing?" He went, "The Villa fan." Started giving, started giving us some sticks. So I'm not having that. I said you're going in there, mate. So he did. So that was it. So anyway, we come out of the pool. We don't think any more of it. The guy gets out of it. He's like, we're like, you're all right, mate. He's like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to tell my mates about this. Craig Garner's just thrown me in the pool with all my gear on. He's on cloud nine. He thinks it's the best thing that's ever happened to him in his life. He's, he's thinking this is crazy. Anyway, so we come out of the we do, we do have bits. We come out of the pool, go back into reception. This geezer's standing at the front desk, dripping wet. 
there's a pool of water around him. He's trying to ring somebody to bring him more clothes down because he hasn't got any more clothes. <laughs> Garns has to go and buy him a new new pager or a new beeper because he's got his work beeper or something <laughs> in his pocket, which had gone. Oh, I don't know what it was. Anyway, Garns like, I've decided to buy him a new thing because he's like it's broken the pool. So and that was him calmed down apparently. So yeah, yeah. Heaven forbid what he was like when he was. Um, yeah, when he's... he was when he was like lively, shall we say? But I think his his role now as a, a coach, I think he has to he has to um, behave. Yeah, but I've heard that about Garns. I've heard he's there's some good stories about him. Yeah, you can see that he's still got that little menace menacing glimmer in his eyes. Yeah, still get a bit at the training ground. Yeah. Oh, he's always up to something. Yeah, he's yeah. always up to something. The Blues Talk Podcast. Well, that's all for this week. Hopefully we should have plenty more video content to bring you during this unprecedented league suspension. And of course, we'll try and check in with the players on this very platform. But for now, from Dale and myself, thanks for listening to the Blues Talk Podcast. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning.